Welcome back. It is October 29th of 2020. It's a Thursday. That means it's time for sports any way you want it. Alex Frank alongside Zach Freeze. We're at uh, Zach's residence today. Always a nice yep. place to come and talk about sports, particularly here in our own Queen City. Um, Saturday night was fun. How about that, Alex? Great win. I mean, just a dominant performance by the defense. Redder is back. Just you know, silence all the doubters, including me, because I doubted him. But great game from so him. So you're all, you're, you're, you're all the way back on Ritter? Uh, all the way back as a stretch. But if he, didn't, if he didn't play well in that game and we had lost, I wouldn't, I'd probably be saying there should be a new quarterback in the, in the fold there. But played great. Re- designed runs, QB draws, little read options. It was work. Uh, and they worked to perfection basically on Saturday. I was really impressed with him and Marcus Freeman take a bow, um, and Luke Fickle, but Marcus Freeman take a bow. I mean, he was excellent. Def- I mean, the defense was excellent. Jarrell White was everywhere. Jarrell White, Defensive Player of the Year, Alex? In the conference? Get the campaign going? Uh, I mean, it, it's not that far-fetched of a statement. I mean, when you look at what the Bearcats' defense did against SMU, they held an offense that um, was accruing over 540 yards a game, and they limited them to oh, just over 300. Yeah. And Shane Bouchel, who's one of the most prolific quarterbacks in college football, he was limited to just over 200 yards passing. They could not run the football uh, defensively, too. Uh, the Bearcats, they made SMU confused. And I think it, it started to me right from the jump when, um, or right from the opening kickoff. Bearcats go straight down the field, score a t- or actually, no, they, they get a three and out, then they go down and score a touchdown. And... You know, it was the kind of game where, yeah, you're 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 happy that the Bearcats are up fourteen nothing, but still, there's a long way to go. We knew that, uh, but in the third quarter, they just put the game away. SMU did have some chances off some turnovers and some take and some mistakes by the Bearcats, but um, then the Bearcats just ran right through the heart of Texas. Yeah, that was key. You know, the game was getting a little hairy there, like you said. I mean, um, but. The defense stepped up. I think it was 27-13. Was it 27-13? It was 28-13. 28-13 with, you know, about seven minutes or something left. And it looked like, you know, we're getting a little bit dicey here. We had the fumble. But defense. I mean, what can you... Ugh, excuse me. Nice. Wow, that was bad. Sorry for that one. That was you're, a you're, really you're, bad one. That was... Uh, it's, um, it's the Coca-Cola. Yeah, it's the soda. I'm a soda head. Sorry, guys. Um... Yeah, I, I thought that was uh, the the defense though stepping up there late because I mean everything was perfect. They UC was gonna that ideally we're gonna that game was gonna be in the twenties and then SMU didn't even get to the twenties for them to win. And, and we got and well we got over twenties. Uh, so no, they they played perfect. They pretty played almost perfect football. I mean, they what can you say? I thought uh, everything went well. They ran the ball well. Dokes was really good. Um, you know, Ritter was a dual threat, made some nice throws. Um, but then, yeah, I, I think the defense is just, it's, I mean, it's special. Elijah Ponder, Maje Sanders, P, more PFF grades, I believe, are not, have been the two best pass rushers. In two best pass rushers, two best in um, end rushers. And, I mean, that's just, like, crazy. Maje Sanders is a freak. I've said... He's been my guy that, like, who's going to be a guy 
Wow. Can I say guy enough? Uh, he's been a, 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 per, a player who I thought would be put his name on the NFL radar this year. And I think he's, I think he's going to get there. I really do, because he's just long. He's a problem. Uh, he affects the game. It's like he didn't have a ton of tackles, but uh, just his pass rushing ability. And he, I think he had a big deflection or a, a tipped pass. Um, so he's, I really like Maje Sanders. Maje Sanders is playing really well. And you could say that about every, I mean, everybody, I feel like, though, defensively is just, you know, DeBlanco played a great game and Darian Beavers. Like, they're, the linebackers are stepping up, and that was a yeah. key. That, you know, they lose right and Perry Young last Luke year. Fickle said on Tuesday that Maje Sanders has a future in the NFL and that he can play 15 years. I mean, that's how good Luke. he is. Um, on... Saturday, he had three tackles, two for loss, and a sack. Jarrell White, shockingly, led the Bearcats in tackles at 13, two for loss, and a sack. Uh, Marcus Brown had a sack. Ethan Tucky had a sack. Um, Joel DeBlanco was another guy, too, who had a real nice game. Five tackles, one tackle for loss. He was in the backfield early and often uh, in the game on Saturday. So let's talk about um, Desmond Ritter, who we mentioned at the outset. His performance on Saturday night. Um, 13 of 21 for 126 yards and a touchdown. Not the most gaudy numbers in the world passing-wise, but where he did make up for it uh, was on the ground, especially. Eight carries, 179 yards, and three touchdowns, but 70 or 91, 91, 91 of those 179 yards came on the 91-yard touchdown run that put the game on ice and made the score at the time 35-13. to 13. Um, he was named the Walter Camp Offensive National Player of the Week, the Davy O'Brien National Quarterback of the Week uh, for his performance. And considering that for the previous three weeks like, prior to the game on Saturday, there were questions about what, it, what was wrong with him, why was he, in a sense, regressing from even last year where he regressed from his rookie year. But th- that performance on Sunday shows that he may not put up the most gaudy numbers passing-wise, like Shane Bouchelle and Brady White, who we'll see for Memphis this week. But where he will make up for it is his ability to run the football, and that's why this Bearcats offense can still put up points and win games. Definitely. Um, like you mentioned, um, the, there, was, there were questions. You know, We had questions because it had been a problem. Let's just be honest. Ritter had struggled the, the, dating back to last year. Like it, it was a rough year last year. I know he was banged up. And he started rough this year, especially just deep ball throw accuracy. Um, he just wasn't connecting on those, on those big-time throws, and I feel like that was holding his team back. But he's a really good athlete. You know, he, he, he's a really good athlete, and um, that's something that is what they can utilize. It, his legs um, are, are a part of his game. They should be a part of his game, and, and that is... That can maybe, if you aren't in a rhythm with your, you know, in the passing game, you can get that rushing game, you know. It's almost like, I'm not comparing him to Lamar, but, you know, Lamar hasn't been a great passer, but maybe they can use, like, he hasn't been a great passer this year. He hasn't been as good. He's had a down year this year, I think. Um, But he's still, I mean, he's still capable with his legs. You still have that second dimension um, I think that can at times make up for it. And Ritter's a guy. I mean, look, he rushed for 650 yards last year. Pretty good, right? I mean, he averaged uh, four and a half yards a carry. His freshman year, almost 600 yards, 583. 
Um, you know, he's rushed for 1,500 yards in his career. He's capable. I mean, he's definitely capable, and I think I could even um, get him more more rushing attempts. I think he'll – I think it's um, just a matter of, of being smart with the football too because he had some bad interceptions in that USF game. Uh, so I, I don't know if Ritter's ever going to be like – this star quarterback for us again. Uh, like I feel like his freshman year, like we thought, like oh my god, look at what we get, we got for the next three years. But I think I hate to call it game manager, but kind of somewhat of a game manager, right? I think he did more of that. I think he did was was better than a game manager on Saturday. But I think that's kind of what he can be. Just take care of the ball. Um, he's not a gunslinger. We know that he's not going to be slinging the ball around the yard to everybody, but. Just game control, ball control. I think that's the key for him, ball control. But can that win a championship, even in this conference? Um, I'll say this. If their defense can play like they did on Saturday, I don't know if they're losing a game this year. UCF's a question mark. But I just, I mean, as, if their defense is that good, like, like they were just really good against a really good offense, Boy, I, I, ah, man, I feel bad for these teams in the American. I just think it would Brady be. Brady White, Memphis's quarterback, said earlier this week that this is going to be the best defense that they're going to face all season. And I don't doubt that. I mean, it's the, it, it's, the, it's the best defense in the American, but it's one of the best I don't know, Zach, because the defense can only do so much. Now, it's it's been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, how many? I mean, they're incredible. They've offense. only given up how many offensive touchdowns this year? I, I think you can, I think you can count them on one hand. Is it? They gave up two in the Austin P game. They gave up one to USF and one SMU. So four offensive touchdowns all year. And to be honest with you, one of those in the Austin P game you can kind of throw out, right? I mean that was you had fresh. It was just like a. Tell that to the coaching staff though, because it doesn't matter who's out there. All freshmen, you know, they were just they were, well, getting, their, yes. they were getting their fourth stringers in there. You know what I mean? Like this wasn't their first team. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wasn't really too concerned about that. But, I mean, look, this defense is really, really good, and we saw it on display on Sunday. I mean, that's a team in SMU who uh, was putting up 40-plus points a game, you know, like I said, and you limit them to uh, the numbers that you did running-wise. And we don't think of SMU as a run-first team because Sonny Duggs, their head coach, is a product of Mike Leach, who is, you know, the mastermind behind the air raid offense. Whatever. Um so SMU has 75 rushing yards, 215 passing yards. That's a grand total of 290 yards of offense. Mm. And this is an offense that, I mean, you held them to almost half of what they average. That's crazy. Dude. And, I mean, like, look, we talk about, you know, this season and Luke Fickle and the fact that he now has led the Bearcats to two, top tw- to two wins against top 25 teams this season, including Saturday being the highest or the largest margin of victory for the Bearcats against a ranked opponent, which I do think is a testament to how far this program has come. He can say that he's not, you know, for statement games, and he can say whatever he wants. At the end of the day, this was a statement by Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. To, go, to go on the road after three weeks with all the, you know, the frustration and the questions and just wanting to get back out there and play some football, and they did, and... You know what's interesting, Zach? I, I, um, this was not on the defensive side, but on offense. Did you see James Hudson 
several times, like just completely bully the, James Hudson, the guy who he was blocking. The, the, yeah, the, the one gift that was going around was like he blocked like two guys. Like he had to block like two guys on one play or something. He like went to the inside and like made sure that guy wasn't going to get to Ritter. And then he quickly shifted. Like he had quick feet. Uh, James, How good has he been this year? James Hudson, I don't think he's allowed a sack or, or anything. I don't think he's allowed a sack this year. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's. Allowed, I, I saw something that maybe he hasn't even allowed like a pressure or maybe one. That's pressure. amazing. He's he's a guy uh, that's uh, he he's an NFL caliber guy. I mean that's like a James Hudson's a legit tackle. Like I mean, that guy, they got they got something there. Um, Jim, and, uh, yeah, what does Jim what does Jim Harbaugh think about exactly, that? Exactly. I was about to say like. Uh, I'm sure Jim Harbaugh is, you know, okay with sabotaging a guy's career because he did, but he, James Hudson's not going to let that happen. Um, uh, and and uh, I think he's, he's taking care of business, man. I think he's playing motivated. I think this team is playing motivated. Now, Saturday is a pretty important game. Yeah, I think it's, it's a, a it's it's a I I think it's apt. I think it's bigger than the SMU game. I can honestly make that claim because you think about, okay, they lose to Memphis twice last year to end the the regular season and in the conference championship game. Memphis coming into this season um, was picked as the highest former West Division team. And yeah, they lost a lot from last year. They lost who they lose Kenneth Gainwell. from last year. Well, Gainwell, I'm talking about graduating players. They lost a lot on oh, defense. Okay. Uh, they yeah. lost a lot on defense. I think they lost Bryce Antonio Huff. Gibson. Antonio Gibson. Oh yes, special teams player of the year from the conference. Really good player. He, he he had a big 65 yard run against the the Bearcats last year in the championship game. He might have all. It was either him or Coxie. Demonte Coxie who scored the game when he touched down from Memphis in the championship game. By the way, you know how excited I get for Memphis is because Memphis is very very similar to Cincinnati because I I think they're better than the conference. I think they're better than the American. They're too good for the American Athletic Conference. Oh, I thought you were talking about in terms of like teams. It was like, well, they're, yes, they're different teams. Memphis has the most wins in the American Athletic Conference since the conference's inception in 2013. Total wins or conference wins? Uh, uh, <laughs> I want to. S- ooh, um, that's a good question, Alex. I'm surprised it's to, not you. Well, UCF was. Bad. I have to look back on the media guide. It might be overall. Where are the Bearcats at in that? You know, if I had to guess, I'd say third, fourth, middle of the pack. Because remember, the Bearcats had some down years. Yeah, I mean, Memphis has been consistent across the board for the for their time in the American. They have, yeah. And you think about, um, so you lose a lot on defense. Bryce Huff um, is one of them. I'm trying to remember the other guys off the top of my head. Oh man, you're really you're really uh, jogging me. Uh-huh. But they still return Joseph Dorcius. T.J. Carter, Sanchez Blake Jr. Offensively, you know what you're getting with Brady White at quarterback, who might be the best quarterback in this conference. Actually, I take that back. He's probably the second best quarterback in the conference, man, Dylan Gabriel. Okay, yeah. Um, despite Demonte Coxie being out, you still have to you still have to fear their receiving court because Calvin Austin the third has come on. He has a hundred plus receiving yards in each of the previous two games, including like one eighty four against. UCF last week. Let's not forget this Memphis offense has put up seven put up seven hundred and three yards against UCF's defense, and UCF's defense is actually a pretty good defense. It is. I think so. I mean, last year they 
Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Randy Shannon's done a nice job with that defense. I, I don't think it's as good as Cincinnati's, of course, but, I mean, you, you still put up 703 yards. You're yeah. doing something right. And we look at... And we look at the numbers that Memphis is putting up. Let me go to the media. I don't know why I didn't have that pulled up. I apologize sincerely. Zach, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think uh, it is kind of a – I think I talked about it before with the clash of cultures. Like Memphis, you know, they're a high-octane offense. I mean, Calvin Austin's having a great year. Um, Rodriguez-Clark is having a really good year. So – and then Cincinnati defensively. I mean, they're, they're stingy defensively. So, again, going to be a strength. We talked about strength versus strength last week. And you see, obviously, they they had the upper hand. But, um, you know, you got another experienced quarterback, uh, Brady White, who I, I told you is, uh, I told Alex before the show, I think it's his 10th year. Um, and he said he's getting his Ph.D. And I, th- I thought he was joking um, with that. But, uh, no. Um, but Memphis is, look, this is a test, Alex. I mean, this is, this is a team that they're going to score. I mean, and I said that last week about SMU, but I really do think, I think Memphis, to be honest with you, I think offensively, I might like them a little bit better than SMU. I just think, um, you look at how the, the consistency they've had in years past, and I know, um, it's it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit of a different look this year for Memphis. No Gainwell, no Coxey, um, but oh, Ryan Silverfield continuity. You know he's he's done a good job and he's been a guy that was there for for a couple of years. Had to wait his turn a little bit, but now um, you know he's he's taken over and um, they haven't lost anything with the even with the coaching changes. I mean they went from Fuente to uh, Mike Norvell and and now Silverfield. I think. Um, just their offensive firepower is something there you can always count on. Now I hate to say that I'm not I'm, I'm not try, I'm going to try to be nice here, but defense for them kind of optional, right? It's <laughs> kind of been it's kind of been optional for them. They've really struggled. In the just UCF like stopping game. at a stop sign in Florida is. <laughs> it's kind of been they've struggled defensively. I, I feel like that's always kind of been a theme for them. They haven't been really great defensively um but that being said i mean uc's not a juggernaut on the offensive side so i i don't think they're gonna roll the balls out and drop 50 on them but it'll be it'll be interesting i think they actually weren't last year i don't think i don't think memphis was that bad defensively um but, no, they. I mean, they. the week before we played them the first time they held usf to five first downs yeah I mean, they were. They, they, they were, had some blow up. They had some bad ones, but all in all, they were a solid team defensively. Memphis this year is averaging thirty-eight point eight points per game. They're giving up thirty-three. Uh, and by the way, you want to, you want to talk about Brady White? Um, Brady White. Uh, I mentioned that he's in a a PhD program. <laughs> um, more on the coaching staff in a minute too, because I do think that's interesting. Um, Brady White. Graduated in December of 2017 from Arizona State with a bachelor's degree in business. Graduated with a master's degree in sports and leisure commerce in August of 2019 and is enrolled in a Ph.D. program at Memphis. It doesn't specify what the program is. Dr. Mr. White. He is the only quarterback from last year 
to return as a 4,000-yard passer from a year ago. Dang, I didn't know that. Uh, he, he, can, he can sling the ball around, and he, I mean, he can put up immense numbers. Um, 300, I mean, and just, I mean, just look at some of the numbers. Just look at some of the games he's had over the years. This year alone, he, has, he had 313 last week against Temple. The week before, he had 486 against UCF. He had 454 in the Cotton Bowl last year against Boy- against Penn State, and I mean, I mean, 363, 362, 350. I mean, these numbers are insane. What he what he's putting up, and he's doing that this year without Kenneth Gainwell, who remember last year became the first running back since the first player since 1997 to have 100 plus rushing yards in a game and 200 plus receiving yards in a game. He's out this year. Demonte Coxey, who last year led the team in receiving. Over, I think over like seventy catches on the season, and was without question their number without question their number one weapon. He's now declared for the NFL draft. He's out. He's now doing with guys like Calvin Austin. Now you want to talk about what he's been doing recently? Um, former walk-on who earned a scholarship last year after the Houston game. Remember Zach? He was the guy who recovered that onside kick Memphis went for in, at the start of the championship game yeah. last year. That, and they and they called it back, I think, because of an offsides, which I didn't really even see an offsides yeah, on that play. So, la- uh, so his last two games, nine catches for a buck fifty-one and, ca- and a career high two touchdowns versus UCF, six for one eighty-four and a touchdown against Temple. He has three hundred and thirty-five receiving yards the last two weeks, and he is without question this team's number one wide receiver. The question is, I mean. I would venture to guess Ahmad Gardner is going to go up against him. Okay, so then you have to think about, okay, are they going to target um, Jalen Ivory? Are they going to target Taj Washington against Kobe Bryant? Because as we've seen, Bryant still is the weak link in the secondary. SMU tried to target him. It would not shock me if Memphis tried to do the same thing. Where Memphis is different also this year, Zach, is on the coaching staff. They have five new co- uh, Let me confirm this. Before I just spout information. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, the entire defensive staff is the same. Now, you do know who their defensive coordinator is. Yeah, it's... Um, it's uh, Mike McIntyre. I do know who that is. Okay. I, I Hand up. Got to do more research for the call on Saturday. But <sighs> Former... Um, Zach... Former coach at. Um, I mean, you. I mean, you, I mean, you do a better job than I do. So. No, stop. What do you mean? Was that the coach at? Uh, he, was, he was the head coach at Colorado. Colorado yeah. yeah. The year that they went to the Pac-12 championship game, um, he is now their defensive coordinator. They also now have a new defensive backs, defensive line, and linebackers coach on their staff. Um, I'm looking to see. Um, if there's anything I should mention about the coaching staff. Um, two-time National Coach of the Year and 30-year coaching veteran. Um, he was Ole Miss's defensive coordinator last year, and they improved a little bit defensively despite their record maybe being yeah. not where you would expect a defense that improves like that in the SEC to be. Um, as you, as we mentioned, head coach of Colorado, 1-11. Uh, when he came there four years later, they're 10-3, and ended the Pac-12 championship game. Um, took San Jose State from one and twelve in twenty ten to ten and two in two years. Damn. I mean that is. So this defense is different. 
especially with guys considering that you that who you lost last year and guys like Bryce Huff, um there's a guy named Everett. Might have been Everett Cunningham, maybe. I'm trying to remember who was on that defense last year. Because their defense was better. It's it, it's not at what it this year is not as good as it was last year. Yeah, I think that's uh I think that's what gives you. I think that's what makes me feel optimistic about UC's chances. I think Memphis, little, uh, they were more seasoned defensively last year, and this year a lot of newer guys. And um, I just think this team is going to be hungry to beat Memphis after they beat them twice last year. And that's, uh, I mean, you said it, Luke Fickle. That's the only team he hasn't beat, right? There's a lot that Luke Fickle has accomplished in his tenure here in Cincinnati, but one thing he has not is beating Memphis. Now, they still haven't won a conference championship. That much is 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 known, but he's beaten every other team. I mean, he beat UConn twice. I mean, he was 3-0 against UConn. Um, Temple last year, he beat for the first time. Uh, same with Tulsa and Houston and UCF. But Memphis remains the only team that he has not beaten as a member, um, as, as, as the head coach of the Bearcats. Now, Ryan Silverfield's interesting because he was the offensive line coach last year. And my thinking was, you know, Mike Norvell was all firepower of an offensive-minded head coach. Is Ryan Silverfield going to still be that guy, or are they going to be more of a trenches team? And the answer to that question is no. He's basically taking what Mike Norvell built and continue to unleash that offensive attack. I mean, this is an offense that, I mean, like I, like I mentioned, put up 703 against UCF two weeks ago. So far this season, offensively, they are, where are the numbers? They went too far. So far this season, Memphis is averaging, um, where's the offense? 300... Um, 548.8 yards per game. The problem is they're allowing 567.8 yards a game. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, like I said, Memphis, defensively, they're going to struggle. But I mean, we can't take that for granted, right? I mean, we can't just think UC is just going to score because Memphis struggles. You still got to execute. What I think last week, the confidence level. Um, that that was gained from that game, um, especially after not having played in three weeks. Well, and we haven't, we you know, Dylan O'Quinn and and Drake Renfro deserve props because you have two you know experienced guys go down, you two guard two guys on the offensive line go down, and now you got what I think O'Quinn is a redshirt freshman. Renfro is Renfro a true freshman or is he a redshirt? Freshman? But the problem is I don't think they're listed on the depth chart this week. As starters, yeah. Um, still, though, I mean that those guys filling in, um, they did a great job. I think it just goes to show you, though, if anything does happen to to was it Jeremy Cooper, Jacory Robinson, ever, you've got guys that have now played, they've got experience, and they played well. So I think that was a confidence boost too. Cooper and Vinny McConnell are listed as as the starters, starters. this week. Yeah, and Jacory Robinson's listed as well. Darius and James okay. at the tackles. Well, that's all right. Renfro, you know, he's only a freshman, so he'll get his shots, you know. Well, it's actually listed as um, Robinson or Renfro. Okay. Dylan so. O'Quinn, second and left guard. Renfro listed as the or for the first string at center. 
Is Renfro getting a job? Is Renfro going to take Jakari Robinson's job? Freshman and a sophomore. Hey, I mean, you know, the thing about that is, and this, and and the Bearcats pride themselves on being a program driven through the trenches. Trenches. Here's two young guys that you can develop throughout the course of their careers in Cincinnati. I mean, I, I, this oh, is yeah. this is this is what Luke Fickle talks about. Is that it doesn't matter how many years of experience that you have, when your name is called, you're expected to go out there and perform at the standard that these that this program holds these players to. I mean, it's, it, I feel like that has been the fickle motto, kind of the fickle, just like, look, if you're, you, these freshmen, they're playing. I mean, they're like these guys, like Sauce last year, and and we saw uh, Harris, Justin Harris get reps, and we've seen, um, you know, I know Kobe Bryant and Derek Forrest and their freshmen mainly played on special teams, but like these guys are playing as freshmen. A lot of these guys are getting shots, and I feel like it doesn't happen everywhere. But you know, he's 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 got some trust in in some of these guys, and I mean, but then it, it's like you don't have to force some of these guys to play. I mean, Renfro and what's his name, uh, O'Quinn, um, you know, they were they they were basically called upon because of injuries. But um, I think it, like a guy like Sammy Anderson, who's a really you know, I think it could be really good. I think Dra McDonald's another guy who was like really highly sought after those guys are both freshmen but now the i mean they're so loaded that defensive back defensive backs are so loaded they can kind of watch and learn from these other guys and um you know this year doesn't count towards their eligibility anyway right so um it's the great thing about this year i mean they're, they're, the secondary i think we're, this is going to be one of those things where we could look back and about or look about five years from now and realize like oh my god look at the guys that were in that that db room like good and Lord. it's real what if they all come back next year like, what if wiggins comes back i don't think he's coming back right it's a fifth year senior i mean he can't now he's fourth year what's well, his fifth season right i don't think so with the program is what i'm saying no, i don't right. i think he i don't think he was here in 2016 i think his first year was didn't 2017 he red, didn't he redshirt with uh in 16 in no that, I don't believe he did. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking of, I don't think he, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of some. Maybe I, maybe I was wrong. I don't but know. But anyway, um, score predictions for Saturday. I'm confident. Um, I'm confident that UC is going to win. I don't think it's going to be a runaway. But I think what we saw last week, I mean, how could you pick them to lose after watching them? I thought about it. And I know it's dangerous to say something like that. Because it's like it'll probably come back to bite me in the butt, but it's called the Cincinnati sports curse. I think I think um, I think they win like thir- I'm going to say thirty-one to twenty-one. Wow, was it? Um, <laughs> I I think I don't know. I just think with no fans in the stands. Are you going to be able to get up for this game? It's Memphis, and I get it. The Bearcats should win this game, but I can't believe I'm about to do this. No, you're not going to say they're going to lose. I'm going to pick Memphis to win. What? I think Memphis will win this game 34-24. to 24. Okay. I 
You picked against them last week too, right? I was right. I was wrong, and I hope I'm wrong again. What makes you say that? Like, why are you? Just I just no juice, no energy. This th- I just don't have a good enough vibe as I did going in. As I did go, going into the season, I'm like they're winning that game, but they've been playing well. I don't. I don't know if they're in the right place with no fans. You hear Luke Fickle say it on Tuesday. That he's focused on Memphis. Listen to the tone in his voice, and you can tell he's extremely disappointed that there's no fans in the stands. Yeah, no, I, it's I, I think... and by and by the way, that's a crime. When the Bengals are hosting fans, when high school football games are practically sold out, and you can't have eight thousand or ten thousand fans in Nippert Stadium, I'm sorry. Okay. I I respect John Cunningham's decision. I understand it. <clears throat> but at the same time, I do think there's a way you can work something out. Yeah, I mean... I, Even a socially distanced crowd, which as we've seen, a socially distanced crowd sounds not all that much different compared to a normal crowd. Well, I think you, we've seen it um, done in so many places in college football. And Florida wanted... Dan Mullen wanted 88,000 fans at um, the Swamp. Moving on... Um, We'll do this every week from now on. We'll go through the college football games coming up this week. Um, trying to think. Uh, crazy week last week with the Big Ten starting and uh, Indiana pulling off an upset. I mean, that was a crazy game. I mean, Penn State had the game won. All they had to do was fall down yeah. and they win the game. It's pretty well, and then they then they uh, influenced Todd Gurley. Yeah, I mean, Todd Gurley. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was a good one. So, uh, games coming up this week. We'll go in the top 25. Actually, we'll go from a national, um, nationally televised game. So, tonight on ESPN, we got South Alabama and Georgia Southern at 7.30. Tomorrow night on ESPN in the Big Ten, we've got Maryland and Minnesota and Maryland. Two teams coming off of... Maryland stinks. Two teams coming off bad losses. Yeah. I'd Minnesota think- got destroyed at home by Michigan. Uh, I like Minnesota. I, I think Maryland's... I, I don't think Minnesota's bad. I think they played. They ran into a good Michigan team. Tanner Morgan's a solid quarterback. Maryland stinks. They stink. I'm taking Minnesota. I would take Minnesota by a million. Yeah. In the American tomorrow on ESPN2 at 9, ECU at Tulsa. Give me Tulsa by 30. Also wins comfortably, yeah. FS1, Hawaii, and Wyoming at 945. Let's go to Saturday. Number one, Clemson against Boston College at noon on ABC. Boston College 4-2. Will be an interesting challenge for Clemson, but I'll take the Tigers by about 20. The line on that game is Clemson minus 31. Remember last week, it was like the line was like 50. Yeah, but they had one of those games last year, and I think that was the best thing that could have happened to them because it, it made them ready for Ohio State when they played them in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, of course, Cincinnati yeah. and Memphis. Noon on the SEC Network. Number five, Georgia at Kentucky. Georgia. Fox at noon. Michigan State at number 13, Michigan. I'll take Michigan by 30. Michigan State's bad. Like, they're bad. I mean, they, they are. They lose to Rutgers. Something's wrong there. FS1 at 12. Number 23, Iowa State at Kansas. Kansas. Fade Kansas. That's my advice. They're 0 and 5. Big Ten Network at noon, Purdue and Illinois. Uh, continuing on down, ABC at 330, number four, Notre Dame at Georgia Tech. Mm. I'll take Notre Dame I'll in that take game Notre comfortably. Dame. Probably by three scores. Big Ten Network at 330, number 17, Indiana at Rutgers. That's a trap game That's for a trap. Indiana. I'll take I'll take Indiana. Actually, 
Give me the upset in that game, actually. Give me, give me Rutgers. It's probably not that. I mean, what's... Is, is, the line's not listed. Is Indiana, not a, Indiana not an underdog? I guess uh, so. CBS at 330, LSU at Auburn. LSU kind of found their mojo again last week, Zach. Yeah, uh, and they did it with a with a young quarterback too. That's Miles Brennan was that's out. A, that's a pivotal game. What, what, whoever, whichever team loses that game, their season could go right off the rails. Give me Auburn though. Hasn't Auburn's season already? Aren't both of those teams already off the rails? Pretty basically? much. I mean, Auburn's kind of not very good. Three thirty on ESPN. Northwestern at Iowa. Four o'clock on Fox. Texas at number six. Oklahoma State. Four o'clock on the SEC Network. Ole Miss at Vanderbilt. Uh, the ACC network will have Virginia Tech and Louisville. 7 o'clock on ESPN, Mississippi State. 0-3 since beating LSU. They're at number 2, Alabama. I'll take Alabama. I'll take Alabama. That wasn't that hard. Uh, FS1 at 7, New Mexico and San Jose State. ABC at 7.30, number 3, Ohio State and number 18, Penn State. The line on that game is Ohio State at minus 11.5. I will take Ohio State in that game. Penn State has nothing to play for, so they're out. It would be the most 2020 thing ever if Penn State won that game. I'd take Ohio State by yeah, I will two scores as well. SEC Network at 7:30, number eight Texas A&M against Arkansas. ACC Network at eight, number 15 North Carolina yeah. at Virginia. Fox at eight o'clock, number 24 Oklahoma at Texas Tech. ESPN at 10:15, Western Kentucky visits number 11 BYU. 10.30 on FS1, Nevada and UNLV. And, of course, canceled this week. Number nine, Wisconsin at Nebraska. Uh, their season's over, too. Wisconsin. Yeah, pretty much. And what are that, they going to do? And um, This is the issue with the Big Ten because now it's... They started late and their protocols are so strict that if something happens... It's over for Wisconsin. I think it is. I don't even know why... Again, why? Bo- I mean, they're going to play... What? They're going to play... They're playing nine. They're, they're playing nine games, which is fine. But they started so late, and they didn't allow flexible well, scheduling. Eight games, right? It's OA plus one with the championship game. So they're playing eight games, but not really. They're playing seven, and they are on their fourth string quarterback. I mean, what? Like, they they they're not going to have a quarterback. They're not, they're going to have a fourth stringer for another for next week and maybe the week after that and this is the reason mm. why that eligibility has been um yeah it's it's extended all right it's kind of silly all right moving on um i don't even know where to start i already um i i let it uh, out um (laughs) sunday was um depressing it was energy zapping it was draining emotionally it was uh anything else along those lines the Bengals. um one thing we did learn is that joe burrow is the absolute real deal at quarterback yeah he's the legit he's our guy he's third in the nfl in passing yards uh another thing we learned is that the defense really is not that good the defense is well, it's hot garbage. It's atrocious, and we knew that there could be a problem because uh, William Jackson was out. So, I mean, the secondary is what it is. I don't. I'm, I've never been high on it, especially now. You know, Trey Wayne's out injury. I was um, never high on it, even though the ratings suggest the ratings suggest that it's good. Alex is the ratings. When it, when when have I ever paid attention to ratings? Uh, yeah. When have I ever when have I ever 
based off any based anything off of other than what my eyes see. Yeah, I, look, I'm not a Darius Phillips. Darius Phillips was bad. I mean, he had a bad game. He had a Shaking pick, my head, he had, he had a bad game. And really, but it, you know, they had, the whole defense had a bad game. They didn't. They had no pass rush. Zach, they Zach, they averaged. None. They had to have averaged 15 yards of play in the second half. Baker had what 22 straight completions. Yeah, and he had only he had less than 100 yards passing at halftime. I mean, how do you let anybody 22 straight completions? And this is not this is not um, Brady or Manning or Rodgers or Mahomes. It's Baker. It's Baker Mayfield. And I'm not trying to no, I'm not trying to say Baker Mayfield's a bad quarterback. I think he's good. He's I, don't, right. I don't think he's a world beater. I think he's the fourth best quarterback in the division still after. Um, Last week, I think the I think the best quarterback in this division, it honestly could be Joe Burrow. Really? Wow. Who, who, who are you also going to put up there? Big Ben. I mean, he's Lamar. old and he had three, he threw three interceptions the other day, and he's not putting up the best numbers this season. Lamar is still. I mean, Lamar. Lamar's the okay. You know, maybe I'm maybe I'm so you know. I'm, I'm down I'm, on Lamar right now. I'm but... overreacting to Joe Burrow's 406 yard performance on Sunday, but. I mean, this is his fifth 300-yard passing game. It's the fifth in the last six games, and the only team he hasn't done it against was against the Ravens, who have the best def- who have one of the best defenses in all of the NFL. Joe Burrow doesn't deserve to. Joe Burrow does not deserve to be the quarterback of a one-five and one team. This team should be at least three and four. They should be. It's because the last two weeks we've seen them blow a 21-point lead against Indianapolis, and they in in the second half on Sunday they allowed four drives, four touchdowns. How do you let how do you how do you let that happen on defense? I think it's I mean a lot of it is um the players are bad, right? I mean they just have But they're not though. What? No. But they're but they're Jesse Bates is not bad. Well, Jesse Bates is good, but Josh Bynes is a ten-year veteran. Okay, but is he great, or is he just? He's not. Gr- I mean, are they just putting a bandaid over a bullet hole? Like what? Like, who would you rather have a linebacker, Nick Vigil? I want like good players. Like that's the thing. Jordan Evans. I want like difference makers. None of these guys defensively right now don't. Well, Logan feel like Wilson, the- I think, has shown potential. I think he has. I don't think. Problem he's- is, he can't do anything if the pass rush doesn't give him an opportunity. I, I mean, I, part of it is they're they're. They're missing guys. They're missing Hubbard yes. and they're missing DJ Reader. Uh, but everybody's got injuries. You can't. You can only blame injuries on so much. Um, I mean, the, the, I hate to be that guy that just says, "Well, their players aren't any good," but their players aren't any good. I don't know about that. I mean, they, certainly they're not. They're not. I mean, Bates they, is good, I guess. Jesse, B, well, yes, but they can't cover anybody. I mean, secondary isn't good. Secondary is not good. Don't believe the ratings. The secondary stinks. I watched Darius Phillips on Sunday on the la- on the last possession of the game. Failed to be situationally aware to touch a player inbounds, and then he was targeted. That was bad. The next two plays, the same play, by the way. At least the route that was run by the receiver who caught the football. I mean, that was a bad one, Alex. If you let them get a field goal, fine. You cannot let the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield score a touchdown with one minute remaining and no timeouts. You you simply cannot do that. It's fair. It, it is. It was embarrassing. I mean, it's it was it was awful. 
you cannot have. I mean, your offense did their job. They they scored. Minute to go. All you got, you know, get all, get a stop. But to, I mean, not only to lose that game, to lose that game in regulation was just God. It I mean, was it was a it was a really tough pill to swallow. Everything it was tough. You see, for you to say, I, I was there. I mean, it, it it wasn't like a. I can't say I was like shocked, but like it was just kind of like wow. Of course, that. <laughs> and it's and it's like they had no receive. They were out of receivers. They had three healthy receivers, right? I mean, it's like crazy. Yeah, they weren't out. I mean, they 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 were without their best, their most talented mm-hmm. receiver. No, Jones hadn't caught a ball, had he? Rashard Higgins torched us in the second half. Hell, even Jarvis Landry threw a pass that was caught in the second half. I mean, they, Look, yeah, they were. The thing up. that the thing that's most deflating is the Beepers. Bengals. The Bengals now can't even beat the Browns, and Cleveland fans are never going to shut up about that. Until we play them again next year. Remember, we just remember when we owned them for like it seemed like we were going to own them forever. And yeah, and now they've won five of the last six. Sorry, Zach, to keep cutting you off. I just no, I, cool. I, have, I have a lot to say because look, I mean, this is this is um, a team yeah. that I invest a lot into on my Sundays. I uh, I've been a season I've been a season ticket holder for the last three years. My family's had him since 1968. Um, I've been to every home game but two the last three years. One, what I was not able to because obviously no fans. The other one, I for whatever reason didn't go. But I still like on Sunday. Like I, I was at the game. One hour of sleep felt great, by the way. Um, <laughs> and you know it felt normal being there. You know I was I, I was walking around. I couldn't sit down. Couldn't even stand still during the game. You know I was into the game. Um, Joe Burrow's playing great. T. Higgins had another great game in his rookie season. AJ Green's looked really good the last two weeks. I'm back on. I'm back on him. Um, Tyler Boyd. I mean, he. I mean, what, what what can't you say about this kid? He's he's been unbelievable. Yeah. And you know, I, I I hold out so much hope. And now the and now we can't even have it against the Browns. You have to understand how deflating that is as a Bengals fan. It, I mean. I literally had a gut check moment moment with myself after the game. Why am I why am I investing so much in this team? Did I make a good decision to spend six hundred thirty dollars <laughs> on the tickets for the remaining five games? You know, should I be focusing my um, interests, endeavors, and um, investments in other endeavors? And I always find the energy to keep going. You know. I mean, it's like that Ray Lewis TED Talk we were talking about before coming on the show, unexpected. Like, how do you keep going when there's pain? And believe me, I've, I've experienced a lot of pain in Cincinnati sports. It, it is the second most amount of pain I'll ever deal with is when they lose a game that they shouldn't. It's fair. I mean, look, that was a game that, well, it just feels like this year they can't win. Like last year, it's one thing they were like, they were outclassed a lot. You know, it was like we were we were outclassed. We lost some close games, but they were outclassed more often than not. Um, this year, it's felt like I mean there have been games. I mean, to lose to tie the Philly game was embarrassing. To blow the twenty-one zero lead against the Colts was embarrassing. And this week, I mean, this today was or today Sunday was. Um, 
I just was like Burrow played perfect. Bur Burrow couldn't have played better, really. And um, you lose that game. Like Burrow deserves better. Yeah, I mean he's not used to this. I mean he was fifteen and zero last year at LSU. He hasn't deserved this. He hasn't deserved the coaching staff. Now maybe Zach Taylor's starting to come around a bit as a play caller. Like yeah, I think that. I mean he, I look, thought he called a good game. Look, the the Bengals scored um, six points after going up twenty one nothing on the Colts in week six. Okay. So they scored 17 in the first half, 17 in the second half on Sunday. That's fine. I can live with that. So what now? The defense? It's the defense? I mean, when one thing goes well with the Bengals, one thing doesn't, and you have to think about that. Here's, here, here's, an, interesting thing about, here's an interesting thing about Sunday, Zach. We haven't even mentioned Sunday's game yet. There's a pretty decent team coming in here. It's the Tennessee Titans. I think we've put it off because we just are afraid of... Just like realizing, that like, oh, well, well, if one you, of the best teams in the AFC is coming in. If down, you so. can't, if you can't stop the Browns, how in the world are you going to stop Derrick Henry? Are they? Or, and how are they going to stop the elite Ryan Tannehill? He is elite. He has he has, um, I think more touchdown passes since he became the starter at Tennessee than Patrick Mahomes. Really? Say that to yourself again. I think Mahomes, yeah. I'll have to look at that graphic. Now, Mahomes did miss a few games. Mahomes, I will say that. Mahomes, yeah. He had that kind of just like statistically had a little bit of a down year. Was that two years ago? Yeah, but, yeah. He, yeah, but it's just that he doesn't he doesn't have to do nearly as much now because the Chiefs have a run game. The Titans yeah. have a run game, but then they also have a pass game. Like They became the first team in NFL history in Week 6 to have 600 oh, yards sure. of offense with a quarterback... No, no. Take that back. They became the first team in NFL history to have a, a, a player throw for three fifty plus and a player run for two hundred plus. And for years, the narrative of the Titans were, well, they're so ugly offensively, but they get it done on the defensive end. And you and Elliot, you and mainly Zach, who was on record last year saying you couldn't figure the Titans out, and I try to tell you. Let me tell you who they are. They're a bad team. No. They're not really. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. Let me tell you who they are. They're a physical team that will run the football straight down your throats, and then they will also um, beat you with the pass. If you slow down Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill can still beat you. And, you know, on Sunday, the, it's the defense I'm worried about. Offensively, I think the Bengals, the Bengals will put up points. Tennessee's defense is not that great. In three of their six games this season, they've given up 30-plus points. And that is to Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Houston. Those three teams have a combined three wins. Yeah. It's not good. Um, so my first regular season game that I ever went to was November 25th, 2007 against the Tennessee Titans. And of course, me being a nine-year-old, didn't really know much about the organization. Bengals won that game 35-6. Chad Johnson had three touchdowns in that game. I was like, okay, Memory this was good. <laughs> Sunday will be, and, and and the significance of that is, that was the 40th anniversary season. Sunday will be my 40th game I've ever been to. Gosh, you've got, you've got it, you know the exact number? My record is 20 and 19. Really? The, oh, the Bengals last, the, the Bengals last playoff win came against the Houston Oilers. They are now <laughs> known as the Tennessee Titans. Good Lord. The Bengals have been cursed ever since. The Cincinnati sports curse was um, officially birthed in Nashville. 
Now the Titans come here. Joe Burrow's the supposed Lord and Savior, last straw for the Bengals to be saved. Is this the game where we maybe turn this franchise around or we hit the ultimate rock bottom? That's the question I have. And it's a, it's a very deep thinking question. But at the same time, the way I look at things from a columnist perspective with not a lot of objectivity and more opinion, maybe. Score predictions. I think we lose. What a shock. <laughs> what a shock that is. 30, mm, yeah, 30 to, 30 to 20. Okay. 30 to 20. I, I, I wanted to pick the Bengals to win this game, but because they didn't do anything, well, they did trade away Carlos Dunlap. Which, by the way, that a was a good... Addition by subtraction. That's, that was a good move, and that had to be done. It was done. the right move. And maybe, you know, this is the, only the second in-season trade since 1985 that this Bengals organization has made, maybe it's a sign that, you know, we're starting to do business the way that football organizations should be doing business in the modern era. Um, I think the Bengals will put up points. I have no doubt about that. But I can't trust this defense to stop Derrick Henry in that offense. Titans 33, Bengals 30. Whoa! I think, it'll be a really, I think it'll be a close game. I really do. I Thirty-three, think I, thirty, a lot of points. I think it'll, I think it'll be a close game. I really do. Okay. I'm excited for I, I, when the schedule came out. This was one of the games I was excited about because I do think the Bengals can win, even though oh, on paper the Titans are the better team. Oh brother, Alex! Now oh, where we do have some semblance of hope is Taylor Lewan, Titans left tackle. He's out for the season. I guess that's a positive for us. Just saying, the Steelers did shut down Derrick Henry last week, but that's the Steelers. Uh, real quick, um, well, actually, we'll just do this in our two-minute drill. Are you ready to start that? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Fire up that timer. Gotcha. Sorry to keep cutting you off there with the Bengals. I just had too much to no say sweat. about No sweat. I had too much to say about the team that my family supported since 1968. <laughs> start that timer. Let's go. All right, kicking things off. Week 8, Thursday Night Football, Falcons and the Panthers. I'm smelling an upset tonight. Falcons 31, Panthers 20. Patriots-Bills on Sunday, a crucial game for New England. Never thought I'd say in Week 8 that if the Patriots lose, their season could be over. I think they get it done, 24-21. Buffalo has not looked good the last oh, three weeks. Oh, upset. Moneyline pick of the Buffalo week. Buffalo almost lost to the Jets, and the Jets are the worst team I've seen okay. in my lifetime. Fair enough. Uh, Titans-Bengals, of course, I just mentioned. The Titans 33, Bengals 30. Las Vegas and Cleveland, interesting matchup there. It'll see, we'll see how the Browns fare without Odell Beckham. I still will take the Browns in this game, 31-24. Colts-Lions, interesting game. Crucial game for both teams. I got to go with Detroit. They've been impressive the last few weeks. 28-24, they win. Vikings-Packers, come on. Uh, Minnesota's, Minnesota's not good. Uh, Green Bay looked really good bouncing back last week against Houston. I'll take them 42-24 here. Jets-Chiefs, bet your house, bet your mortgage, bet your life savings. Uh, bet your car. Chiefs win. Don't, don't, don't bet your life. Chiefs win 49-3. Uh, 49-3. I came out with that on the fly. Rams-Dolphins. Here we go with the upset pick of the week. Dolphins. What? Get it done over the Rams. 
to 24. Tua. Rams are going out to the East Coast on a short week, and Tua's starting. Dolphins will get the win. All right. That's a Saints, wow. Saints, Bears. This also might be an upset. Bears 24, Saints 21. I don't trust the Saints in this offense to go to Chicago. You're picking the Bears after that disgrace de- on Monday night. It's the Rams defense. The Saints don't have a defense this year. Oh, uh, 49ers, Seahawks. Always a great game when these two teams get together. But have you seen the Niners injuries? Oh, everyone's injured. They have, as Colin Coward says, they have an NBA roster list of injuries. Seahawks 34, Niners 21. Sunday Night Football, Cowboys, Eagles. Come on with that game. I mean, seriously. You want the Eagles. <sighs> Give me a fly, Eagles fly, 24-10. They'll still have a losing record and be in first place at the end of the week. Steelers and the Ravens. I'm telling you right now, my bold prediction for the week, the Steelers not only win, they kill the Ravens 30-20. to Lamar Jackson will not have a great day against that defense. Chargers, Broncos, I'll take Denver in this one, 25-17. I don't trust the Chargers going to Denver, especially in October. Monday Night Football, Tampa Bay and the Giants. Yeah, the Giants have beaten Brady twice on the game's biggest stage. Uh, This is a week eight Monday Night Football game against a really good Tampa Bay team. Give me Tampa Bay, 42-17. Okay. That was about 220. Well, not bad. All right. Now, you have over three minutes to get it done today, so. I've got the time. I can take my time. All right. All right. Two minutes starting now. All right. I like Carolina tonight. No Christian McCaffrey. Doesn't matter. Bridgewater's played well, right? I mean, he's, he's looked good. Uh, 28-23. Carolina wins. Pittsburgh-Baltimore. This is my money line upset pick of the week. A gritty 20-16 win for, for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in that one. Colts-Lions. I'm taking the Colts-Lions. Lucky win last week. Nice win, Lions. Thanks for coming out, though. They lose 28-24. to Packers throttle the Vikings. The Vikings are horrible. 35-14. I like the Bills over New England. New England's bad, right? I mean, they're not good. I mean, what is going on with New England? I don't know. I think you'll know more after this 21-10, week. 21-10, Buffalo. Bengals, we already went over. I, said, I think I said 30-20, Tennessee. I'll take the Browns. The Browns, I mean... I'm taking them. I think they're going to be a playoff team. They've got a soft schedule. They got the Raiders. I'll take them 27-21. Chiefs 50, Jets 6. Uh, that <laughs> one's over there. Rams beat the Dolphins. Tua, I can't. I got to see Tua play first. 24-13 there. I like the Rams. Uh, Chargers, Broncos. Uh, I'm going to go Denver, although I don't know, man. I don't like that. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard. 24-23, Denver. Uh, I like the Saints over the Bears. That's that's clear. 27-17. I mean, come on. Uh, I'll take Seattle over San Francisco. Although that There could be some points in that game. 31-27. Seattle. And then Eagles-Cowboys. 17-7. You know, really low scoring. Eagles win that. Monday Night Football. The New York Football Giants. They're going to lose. Oh, let's be honest. 35-21, they'll lose that one. Um, I'll take Tampa. That's too many. Tampa Bay has come around. And you got it in time. Tampa Bay has come around the last few weeks. Ever since they lost to Chicago, they have looked really freaking good on offense. Yeah. And, I- oh, by the way, they just got Antonio Brown. The Browns? My thing with the Browns is... Their only hope of winning a playoff game is if they draw the weakest division winner. I think, yeah. Uh, 40 seconds. That's, that's fair. I, I think uh, I think the Browns, though, that schedule's so soft, right? I mean, they still have yeah. 
And they can't beat, and, 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 and they've struggled with the Steelers and the Ravens. That does it for today's edition of Sports Any Way You Want It. Zach, you and I will have the call for the Bearcats in Memphis Looking forward on to Saturday alongside our fellow staff member, Sean McMahon. And uh, we will be back here on Tuesday next week. Schedule change Tuesday. next week, Tuesday, for Sports Any Way You Want It. He's Zach Fries. I'm Alex Frank. Thank you for listening, and go Bearcats. Thanks. Love you guys.